This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Bron. What is up in the hood? (laughs) So many things. Should I get into my update? And by hood, I mean suburbs. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fully where we are right now. Totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, what's the hap? So um, I recently, like, started a new slash restarted a skincare routine that I'm feeling really good about. I know we had talked about this very early on in Queen Speaking, but it, I needed an update and like a revamp. I'm excited about this because during the episode, you specifically said that you wanted to readjust a few things. Well, because at that point, I was like, I have no evening routine. And you were oh, like, yeah, are no. you kidding? And I so passed out. <laughs> this was good because it was like I went on a minor shopping spree at Sephora. Sometimes it's necessary. It really was. I may have gotten like really friendly with a woman named um, Kathy. And Kathy was very helpful because she, or Kathleen, but she walked me through literally the entire store and she gave me all of like all of the information I could have ever wanted. The best part about Sephora. She, and she was so helpful and she was so lovely. And so she talked me through like price points and ingredients and all the things I should be paying attention to. So the short list is that I went back to my serums, which I had like gotten lazy. And when I ran out, I didn't re-up on them. And my face looked sad and tired. And so there's definitely something to this serum thing. If you're not using them, get on it. And so I use, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Ole Henriksen. Um, that's the brand I've been using for my serum, my eye cream, and my night cream. So Ooh. what I did was get the Radiance Boosting Super Set. So is it a trio or is it all in one? There, It's a trio, but there's actually a fourth thing in there that I, I'm a little nervous to use. I need like a little bit more background on what it will do because I have super sensitive skin. Got it. So I use the Truth Serum, and that's like a one ounce. And then there are smaller sample sizes of the eye cream and the night cream. And I honestly have noticed, like, such a difference in using those. Um, Your skin looks great right now. Thank you. I feel like it really has, like, brightened everything up. And, I, you know, you never really believe those things until you're looking at yourself in the mirror like, wow, I look way less tired and way less sad. When was the last time I had a pimple? Exactly. Exactly. Well, now I've got, you know, my period, so... Faceful, but when I'm not <laughs> experiencing that, then I'm feeling really good. So, in addition to that, I've been using the Origins Clay Mask once once a week on a Monday or Tuesday. Cool. And then I also may have indulged in the Drunk Elephant Littles um, packet, which is like a bunch of sample sizes of like some of their products. So it's probably like ten of their products in sample sizes. Woo. Yes. And it's not like crazy expensive, but it's not inexpensive. It's like a nice, it's a nice like Christmas holiday gift. Got it. For people. Um, I really like the moisturizer in there, but I'm going to link or we're going to link to like all of these to Sephora's website so you guys can all see like what I'm using and all that kind of stuff. That'll um, be at queenspeaking.com. It sure would be. 
Um, so that was like all really helpful. And then you actually had suggested the Acure Brilliantly Brightening uh, Exfoliator. So mm-hmm. I use that twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. And all of those things together <laughs> have made a huge difference. <laughs> you know what's funny? Your exfoliating routine is the same as mine. Is it really? Sundays and Thursdays? Yes. Yeah. I thought Sometimes I was a- it's just Sundays. Well, because I was going to say I thought twice a week was aggressive, but then by Thursday I'm feeling like really itchy about it. Like not my face is itchy, but like my nerves are a little on end. <laughs> like I'm like, I feel like everything is caking out of my face. So... I need to scrub it all off. And it's, it's good. been helpful. It's been well, great. as we age, your skin will not slough off as, as skin, dead skin cells need to be removed. Removed, like, aggressively. Yeah. And I like that stuff. So everything that I started using again, like, I used to use the Truth Serum before and stopped. I've never used eye cream. I've never used night cream. But, um, and the clay mask is fantastic. Like, it just makes you feel so clear. Like, even if your skin's not clear, you just, and so the clay mask is pore minimizing. It's like a pore minimizing mask. And so I actually can fully feel the difference. That's great. Um, and see the difference in my, in my nose, especially. So. Progress. Yes. I'm so. glad that you're. You're re-upping. It was just like, it was time. And I finally kind of was just like, okay, you need to spend a little to um, see the results that you're looking for. And I do feel really good. Like on top of like, I feel like my face feels different. Having those routines in place is really good for like my mental health too. Um, Especially the mask. It just makes you feel fancy. So everybody, I need to re-up my mask I haven't purchased that. Ooh, I just thought of a great Christmas present to ask for from my sister. I was going to say for, for yourself. Or? <laughs> no, because I'm I'm now at the age where it's hard to think about when my what family is like, what do you need? Yeah. That's not like cash. Like $220. <laughs> Straight up cash. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so I think that it's great because what we talked about in the episode, too, is that it does require some trial and error with the whole skincare routine. So once you figure out, okay, this moisturizer is my jam. I like the way these two things work together. I now feel great. Mm -hmm. Then just, like, go with the system. Yes. And stick with it. And stick with it. Like, no need to switch it up. And actually... My friend Kelly was the one who suggested getting the Littles for the Drunk Elephant because she's like, that's a great way to just try it. And then, and those are more expensive than I'd probably ever really be able to spend. But having like the knowledge of what they all do. And then I went and watched a YouTube video on them to see like what they all will do to my face. And so having that and then having like a product adjacent to those that has like maybe similar uh, ingredients and all of that kind of stuff. So that was a good suggestion just to try them. And then like you said, like go and find the one that might be similar to it and stick with that. Yeah. Or if you, you know, have some extra doll hairs to spend and can and like the drunk elephant stuff, live it up. Go for it because that stuff is nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's good. The, the littles have been helpful. So that's what I got going on. Samples are great. I feel really good. Um, what about you, Bron? So as we've talked about in many of our past updates and conversations. I have been trying to implement momentary, like, middle-of-the-day breathers Mm -hmm. because I have a tendency to, like, go hard with the work. Yes. (laughs) We have Thinking I'm being productive, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't stood up in five hours. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Again. (laughs) Water. So 
Dan suggested last week that we should have a lunch date. Nice. And I was like, sure. I did, like that day just didn't happen to have a con- conflict. And I was like, I love the idea of this little spontaneous get together. And so I think, especially during time frames when nighttime date nights might not be an option. A little tougher to fit in. A lunch date is actually quite a refreshing midday break. Yes. And to be able to see your person mm-hmm. for for those midday moments. And I know you've done this because um, you like to get away from the office during the lunch hour. And yes. so I never really do that because I have a totally different working routine. And so um, I think that it was really nice to be able to just like sit for an hour and like fully focus on like our own conversation and just talking about fun stuff. And it, I was able to turn my brain off from work stuff to relaxing and being with Dan and having a good time. And I think that's a thing that I need to like do a better job of, of doing the like, okay, we're going to pivot now. Yeah. And slow down. Like fun lunch dates versus like working lunches with like a meeting or something like that. But yeah, like having like a full shutdown to see your person or your friends or whoever it is and like mentally walk away from work as well as physically. Mm -hmm. um, That's great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of a fun lunch. Yeah, so if anybody wants to sign up for a fun lunch with me. (laughs) We'll have signups on our website. I am... (laughs) so into it um the secondary perk is that it's cheaper than a normal date night because we're not spending drinks on or money on cocktails (laughs) and you can always get a lunch special like some of the places that i've gone for lunch dates they have like really actually affordable lunch specials and they're conscious that it is the lunch hour and so you're getting in and out of there a little quicker um if you need to yeah so it's i do i think lunch is like the unsung hero of like mental health breaks because we either feel like we need to work through them or it's an opportunity to like work with someone over food that you're just like stuffing your face while trying to pay attention to what they're saying. But to have it with someone that you like want to be with versus have to be with is a really nice break in the day. Thoroughly agree. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you and Dan have found that as a thing that you can do together. Yeah. That's great. And anyone else who wants to sign up. You know I'm always down for a lunch date. Let's do it. I think we should. We've never done that. We've never done that, which is always surprising to me. But so. we should. And we will. Done deal. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course you are. <laughs> um, so what's inspiring you this week, Bron? Well, I would say that this lovely video that I watched, uh, I signed up recently for the TED ideas newsletter Ooh, another newsletter mm-hmm. yes that's coming soon <laughs> so i really enjoyed the five steps to help you figure out your passion article and they talked about thinking about your passion like an internship hmm what please explain <laughs> work because i was this like this is confusing internships weren't great for me so. <laughs> So I think what I enjoy about this, at least the this particular theme and topic, is that you're you have to put time and effort in to figuring out if you actually like that passion or not. Fair. And you can't just be like, I'm gonna take because 
I especially do this, and I think that's why it resonated with me, where, like, I'm like, I'm going to take up knitting. That sounds like something fun. You know I've done this almost once a month for my entire life. (laughs) This is exactly what I do. You're like, I'm super into reading. Let me, like... (laughs) Stack all my favorite books up, and I'm going to conquer all of them in one month. And then that was the last month I read. (laughs) Literally three days in. Six years ago. Gave it up. (laughs) (laughs) So what I think is challenging is that you don't necessarily want to associate your passion with work because it's something that you're trying to, like, build energy around. Right. And I think in this sense, though, in order for you to actually develop it and – um. They pulled a lot of quotes from uh, Angela Duckworth talking about Love grit. Love her, yes. Because it was kind of like based off of her talk that she did with Ted, which is really cool how they've structured the newsletter just from that standpoint. Yes. Um, but to actually go forth and learn by doing and not quitting in the middle of it, which I think is everyone's most common struggle. Yes. Is that you're like, that was great. But like without a little bit of structure or goals or just like an – an outline of what you want to get out of it, you're never going to progress with it. It'll True. just be like a thing that you did that one time. Right. right. The graveyard of passions. And so she encouraged people to be patient and persistent and reflect on your experience as you go to determine if it's something that you want to continue doing. That's so interesting because it puts the structure around it that people tend to try to avoid when it comes to like passion projects or not even projects, but hobbies of any kind. So like putting that structure around it instantly for me makes me go like, oh, no, oh, no. But I can see how that reflection moment can really make you see like, how into this am I going to get? Like, should I buy the bike and the helmet or is this just not a thing I'm going to continue doing? Right. (laughs) Because right. I think a lot of people get, they, like, go f- all in. Fully in. Before they realize, like, what the commitment is or if they are if they even actually enjoy it. Right. And I think there's, like, I, I think back to a lot of times where I'm like, I could have been really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that every day. <laughs> and, like, one of the things that really sticks with me is music. Like, mm. I played the flute up until seventh grade and I quit. Also sports. I played sports. volleyball. I was pretty good at a lot of things. Yep. But then was like, you know what? I just really don't want the, to put the time and effort into this. Right. And so like, but I also did, it wasn't just like a, oh, I signed up. And then at the end of the year, I dropped out. It was like third grade to seventh grade before I was like, okay, I fully have realized that this, this is, is not, not a thing, thing for me. And like now in my adulthood, I'm like, if only I had continued, I could have been a... Like, concerto, a performer. (laughs) Of some kind. But, like, really? Is that... Like, were you going to, though? I do wish I had stuck with piano. Like, that's a thing I Mm -hmm. wish I had stuck with. But I think it's also, like, in the age that we are now, we can, like, be more realized about things that we're interested in versus things that we feel forced to do. Very true. So it's, like, that difference, I think, holds true. If I was going to dive back into piano, it would be a want, not a have to. Yeah. Um, And that would probably make a difference. And I think the point, too, is that it's like, you know, this thing that you're putting time and energy into, the reason why it's important to be patient and persistent with it is because it's something that you actually enjoy doing. Right. And so, like, to improve, you have to schedule that time. Exactly. And I think that's a hard thing for people to, like, fully lean into. And so I really liked that they talked through this in a way that made it accessible. Mm Mm-hmm. So... And a thing that any, like, it's not out of reach. 
You know, like it's not a thing that you feel like if you really want to dig into a new thing, like everybody has the same structure to either do it or realize it's not for them. Yeah. And that is a nice place to be where you don't feel like you're already like 10 steps behind the whole process. For sure. I like that. I'm going to see what, I mean, I know I tried biking and now it's cold. So obviously that's on the back burner, but maybe puzzles. I keep talking about puzzles because I really want to get into puzzles. (laughs) Dan has a couple you could borrow. I think that that would be a good test. So I don't go out and buy a bunch and not do them and then feel like a failure. Yeah. I'll borrow Dan's. Thanks, Dan. I'll let him know. (laughs) Appreciate it in advance. What about you? Um, so I, so I have a lineup of podcasts that I really listen to like very regularly. I never miss one. Dax Shepard has a podcast called Armchair Expert, and that is one that I consistently don't listen to, but I subscribe to because they are always about two hours long. And that's a little long for me. It is an investment. So I save those for like long car rides or if I run out of my podcast for any reason because I like them. I just can't like commit to them. And so I was on a car ride and I found his most like I think it was one of the latest ones and he did a live show with Brené Brown in Austin Texas as the guest and if you don't know who Brené Brown is just look her up I can't like even begin to do her justice but she has written Daring a lot. Greatly Dare to Lead I yes. think it's, she literally just released a book so she did yeah I think it's Dare it. to Lead is the newest yeah. one mm-hmm. and she has done she has the fourth most watched TED talk of all time around shame and she also has one around vulnerability and they're just very accessible like I think anybody can like see themselves in what she's talking about literally just read an article in my magazine by her about that last night yeah she's just she's everywhere she's fantastic so they had a really interesting conversation if you don't know too much about Dak Shepard it's I can't really pinpoint how he is as a person like he takes a lot of like missteps in my opinion with the way he talks about things but there's always someone there to to write him again Mm -hmm. and I think he is very comfortable getting feedback about the way he feels about things. He's very comfortable learning from other people, which is something I really admire, even though like some of the way he talks sometimes I'm like, well, did you like, I feel a little weird about it, Mm -hmm. but Brené Brown and his um, like producer slash like co-hosts in a way, um, Monica, Monica, I was going to say it wrong. Monica (laughs) is like a good like voice of reason for him. And I appreciated that. Um, but it was just, it was a really good episode. They talk a lot about, like, I didn't know Brené Brown was, like, is a recovering alcoholic. Like, I didn't know a lot of things about her past and, like, what she struggled with in her own life. And so all of that. And Dax has a tendency, I think, to talk about his own addictions and the things that he's recovering from still. And I think that opened the door for everybody to kind of talk about those things. And that was really great. But there were a couple things that really stuck out to me. Um, And one of them during the conversation was Dax's realization that like when we feel pain or sadness, it feels like it's going to be there forever. Like we feel like the pain will never end or the sadness will never go away. But when we feel joy, it feels fleeting and that it will only last for seconds if that. And like, why is that? Why does pain feel like it's going to be forever? And why does joy feel like it's only like you have to like really hold on to it because it's going away very, very quickly. Apparently our brains love to 
hold on to negative energy. Who knew, right? <laughs> but that was really interesting. And like he poses these questions and then talks about them with Brené Brown and Monica. Um, and I just appreciated that like want to to meander around that topic for a while. Um, and then the other one that really stuck out was Brené's tip around boundaries and feedback. And apparently like when something happens that she's not necessarily like super excited about or she has something to say about it, she repeats back to herself three times, discomfort lasts eight seconds, resentment, resentment lasts much longer. And so that gives her kind of like the boost to say to someone who has crossed a boundary line for her or has said something that she doesn't agree with, that like discomfort is going to last for just a little bit. But if I don't say something, the resentment will build and build and build and build. And then I will hate that person when I could have just diffused it and felt uncomfortable for a small amount of time. And I was like, holy Toledo. Not a brain exploding realization. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing because how many times have we been there? We're like, I don't want to make this person uncomfortable. I'll just hate them forever. <laughs> Like, that's a real feel sometimes. Where, or like, like, I'm too scared to say it, so I'll just say nothing and let it... I'll just stew. ...brew in my soul forever. For and then when you time. get old, yeah. there's too many of those piling yes. up. And, and then they'll... they just start coming out at the wrong time toward the wrong people. Like, like spitfire. <laughs> it's just, it's it's not good. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I think it goes back to what we've talked about, about around feedback of like... It's never going to be fun to give someone feedback, but having it be in those terms and in that way made it something that feels more accessible. And again, I think it's like an individualized thing where you're looking at the person that you're talking to and delivering in a way that is thoughtful toward them and not mean and not aggressive, but it is being honest and like no matter how lightly you put it, it's still not always going to feel good. But like that, that was very like... Um, that was a big moment, I think, for me while I was listening. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Um, but those two really stuck out. But the whole conversation was um, uncomfortable at times, very heartfelt at times. They got into some politics. They got into some of like what she, her expertise is in, um, some family stuff. It was just, it was, I love everything she does. I really like Dax Shepard. Um, so this was a really good thing to listen to to like open my brain up a little bit i've got some some flight podcasts to download yes because that's a good one i think that one's a i think with the like what dax got wrong piece it's about two hours without that piece um because that's like part of it is that they always go over what he got wrong (laughs) like fact checking um it's probably like an hour and a half yeah yeah so it's good it's really good that one gave me life this week love it yeah so uh Brianna, give it to me straight. What are we talking about this week? Well, well, well. Holiday season is upon us. So. Knocking on the door. (laughs) I'm like, I'm between excited and not excited. Because I love some time off. But the holidays are stressful. (laughs) Well, um, I think that as we start to get into this, for that exact reason, I think as you get older, you're like, oh, Christmas, Hanukkah, family time. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all way, way too much. Yes. And I did not realize what this all meant when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Then then craziness ensues. Yes. So I think that we want to take the time to pair the theme of holiday baking 
with a little bit of self-care as our topic for the week. Isn't that fun? I love it. I love that. (laughs) So, and I think it's, for us, it's something that makes a lot of sense. And I think we want to to figure out a way to extend this to Team QS at large. Yes. Um, We talked about back in episode 21 about how you mentioned Fika in your weekly inspiration. And I thought that this would be a great time to bring it back up. I think that's right. Um, So Fika is the Swedish coffee break. And I think um, when we think about traditions, like Huga has been very hot Mm -hmm. in terms of like the Nordic traditions. They do cozy really well and for a good reason because they're... It's chilly. In the coldest place of all time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what's different about this is that it's a way of life for these folks that live up in the uh sweden denmark etc mm-hmm. but fika is specifically a swedish tradition and we're going to kind of dive into that one today but it's a moment to slow down and appreciate the good things around you mm-hmm. and so i think just in general if there's anything that we need more in our american culture it's time for a break mm-hmm. as i literally mentioned like 10 minutes ago <laughs> you literally take lunch breaks now <laughs> savor it yeah and take advantage of it we're very accustomed to pushing through things but i think it's a nice opportunity for us even in this moment of just let's slow things down and figure out how we can incorporate fika into our own lives and also my favorite thing toss out some recipe recommendations yes and this is also like i talked about sombra mesa too which was Mm -hmm. like the the art of like gathering post meal to like enjoy each other and i think this totally is along those lines if you can't tell this is obviously something i need my own life since it's always what resonates with me but i also recently read somewhere that baking is a great form of of mindfulness because it really does force you to slow down and focus on what's right in front of you so i think along with the fact that like fika is a thing that i would love to infuse into our daily lives all the time and really do it thoughtfully like that the piece that is not just buying the goods and bringing them to the table but also doing the work to make the goods as well serves that that self-care piece that we were talking about and like you can move slow you can take a whole day and then you can see the reward of sharing what you've made with other people and I think like that is just as important as the like sharing piece is that you've you've put your effort into it and it's not like a throw together for like the family bake sale thing but it's it is an act of taking time for yourself listening to music listening to a podcast and just slowing the frick down (laughs) so yeah that's where we're at um are we ready to speak it queens we're ready let's do it let's dive a little deeper what is fika yep what what the heck (laughs) It is uh, something that can actually happen any time of day. Mm-hmm. It is intentionally supposed to be um, a social event. Mm-hmm. So consider bringing your friends together. Have it be a little moment for you to gather. Um, but they talk about it in the sense, again, it's a Swedish tradition. Coffee paired with baked goods. Yes. So breads, coffee cakes, mm, croissants. <laughs> any kind of... Uh, like delicious cookie or treat. Um, they did mention in the article that I was reading in the kitchen um, about some savory items, but mainly thinking about it from a finger food standpoint. Yes. 
And so um, they talk about it again because it's something that's like just part of the way of life. This is something that you're incorporating into your your day to day. So you're either bringing people into your home or you're actually during the workday heading out to a coffee shop to take that moment to enjoy your treat, sip some coffee and slow down. Yeah. Um, And I think the beauty of this is that it's intentional time for you to pause and to reflect and to savor that downtime and think about not just the treat that you're eating, but the fact that this coziness and time with friends is actually a treat as well. Yes. And like it is, I feel like it's now like an act of rebellion to take a lunch break. And that is something that I like, like you said earlier, like I I do that every day. Like I, if I am able to, I walk away from my desk fully, even if it's just to go for a drive. I have nowhere else to be. My lunch is actually like in the fridge next door, but I just need to get out just to breathe for a second and like remember like what my goals are, remember what I'm doing. Like, and I feel refreshed when I get back to my desk and am able to like re-dive into the work that I'm doing, but it really is an intentional act that you build into your day. Um, I think that what I picture when I picture Fika, like in my world that lives in my brain is like, if you've ever seen It's Complicated and the bakery that Meryl Streep has <gasps> there, like both her kitchen in her home and the bakery she owns, I want those combined to be like my bakery that I have and everything I need to bake all of my baked goods are right there in front of me. And so <laughs> because I don't have that and that kitchen does not exist in my world, I was able to buy a cookbook that, because this was something that I was really into. And I think I was just feeling um, the need to slow down. And I had been reading about this and, and felt really close to it. And so I'll talk about that like later when we get into to the, the deeper dive into the how of Fika. Um, but that was just like having the cookbook and like buying it and saying like, you're going to do this, but I should probably, you know, read that article about <laughs> hobbies and passions and things first we'll start there and then we'll create a plan and then we'll build in very a very seamless plan for you that's not overwhelming yes it won't feel like work it'll be exciting fun and enjoyable (laughs) dare i say fun (laughs) well i feel like also to your point the idea of like making baking something that's fun and casual like meal prep is great and you intentionally bought that book because you're like I don't think I'm going to be a great cook but I like the idea of baking as something that you do occasionally but is fulfilling and a downtime for you absolutely and I think that is like I spend time in my kitchen a lot but baking has a totally different vibe it does it does and I think that's what I like about it and like it's shocking to me that we I mean I what I love about where we live amongst all of its problems is that we are able to take on other cultures um, traditions and we get to partake in those traditions but it is a little sad sometimes I'm like but do we have like any that reflect like slowness or (laughs) like breaks or (laughs) anything like that we just really don't so like for now we're gonna steal fika we're gonna steal sombra mesa we're gonna give credit where credit is due obviously as always but I really would love to see this become more of a thing that is accepted in our own, like, American culture and have people, like, dig into it in a way, even if we have to force it. <laughs> yeah. And when I was in college, I took a, like, business culture class, mm-hmm. which 
So eye-opening. That's cool. Highly encourage it. Do some reading if you're not currently in college because it, like, opened my mind to so many things. I like that. But we read this one book that talked about Americans, their, their like, thing, their <laughs> definition of what their culture was, was individualization. And, like, that's the problem that we've now brought ourselves to. Right, Is right. that it's all about the solo person and we're all, we're, we've, instead of being like, I've achieved things and I'm doing this thing and it's great and I did it all on my own, we're now, every single person has reached full-on burnout mode. Mm-hmm. And so now we need to adopt Sobre Mesa and Fika yeah. as our new ways of life to bring us down to like, okay, individualization is great, but like how are we coming how do we, back together? How do we come back together and work collaboratively so we don't all explode into giant piles of fire inside? And learn from <laughs> each other. Like, yes, we could really go on about that for a long time, <laughs> but we're here to talk about Fika. <laughs> so, so how do we actually prep for our own version of that and make it a self-care moment? Yes, because they can go hand in hand. Yes. So I think for some people, being in the kitchen, cooking and baking can be a really good grounding experience as we were even like as I was prepping for this episode and just in this conversation of us talking about it out loud I was like wow that time really is necessary for me and I think not only are you taking that time to slow down but you're also preparing something that's nourishing yourself Mm -hmm. um, and that's just for you or just for your friends and I think when you acknowledge that it's really powerful and um I think as you're planning out recipes, when you're thinking about it from a self-care standpoint or like bringing it to mindfulness, what are the smells and the tastes that really calm you down? Um, And I think about like lavender, mint, Mm -hmm. cardamom, um, melted butter. Yum. Fat. So good. Um, Bread baking really comes into play for me as like a super calming thing. Um, And I think additionally, when you're thinking about the baking process as a mindful exercise, that's when you're like fully back in control. Yeah. You are owning what you're doing. You're measuring everything precisely. You're taking steps and you can only do one thing at a time. Oh, bliss. Just so nice. (laughs) Just so nice. And I think like what's exciting about baking is like as you get better at it, you get to start to play with some of those things. Because what I really like about when I watch like YouTube videos around baking is there's a difference between melted butter and cubed cold butter. Like the chemistry of those things makes a difference in baking and like produces different things. Like if you're baking cookies, melted butter produces a totally different cookie than like fully hard cold butter and like that might be getting into the weeds so like when you're baking from a recipe like yes you're going by everything that it says and it's very precise and you and you measure and you do it but like as you get more comfortable like the fun part that people tend to like about cooking is still there when it comes to baking so it's not like you just master this thing you're like well done with that like what do I do now like there's still a way to get creative in your baking and I think like for people that want to be challenged like that still exists as well and I think that's like the thing that I probably won't do <laughs> that's okay the like beyond the uh recipe book situation but um but it does exist which I think is good um 
And I think when it comes to something like this, like having everything on hand is really important for me personally. And um, in the book that I think I mentioned earlier, um, they give you like the Scandi baking pantry list. And so, yeah, so they give you kind of everything that you'll probably need for most recipes. So like that in and of itself can be super helpful and take some of the like For me, I really hate grocery shopping. It's super overwhelming. And the only time I really feel like I can go is early in the morning or late at night because I just don't want to fight a crowd. I get very overwhelmed. Um, So having everything on hand before you even start is, is like kind of half the battle, at least for me. And so they break it down into like spices, berries, grains and flowers, yeast and leaveners, and like other stuff. So that's kind of like marzipan and like punch. Stuff like that. Um, But I feel like if we can try to make the shopping part of it, like part of the self-care, then maybe for me, it wouldn't be so overwhelming. Like I, like even thinking about going to Wegmans stresses me out. But if I go at a time of day that I know it's not like scary and I can go slow, have my list, like treat it like I'm already baking, like really thinking about all of the things that you're going to need going slow through the aisles, like thoughtfully picking out the right ingredients that are coming from like the places that you trust and like not just flying through and like pulling stuff off a shelf to just get done and get back to the island and be like, okay, I'm ready to bake. Yeah. <laughs> like have it be the competition. Like you don't need to do that. So that's kind of how I think of it. I think that's a great idea too. We're taking up the opportunity to visit a, a small local shop. Yeah. Like I think about the dream being like when Barefoot Contessa used to have her market. Yes. Oh, I would love to go there and sad. be like, what? Not sad. She No, that we don't have that. Oh. <laughs> it's like, look at her now. <laughs> but she gave up on us and took that away from us. <laughs> so thinking about the local markets in your area of a place that might be a little bit more manageable for you yeah. and also an opportunity for you to explore different types of ingredients or things you've never cooked with before or like finding a really cool chocolate to use instead of like whatever's on the shelf at the big box store. Right, exactly. And that's like that can all become like part of the whole experience versus thinking that just the baking is going to be like the fun or or like calming part. Like if you pull it all together, then that can be um all part of that experience and then when you're ready to go like don't ask too much of yourself I think you know every time we talk about self-care it is about slowing down and asking yourself what you need and being thoughtful about what your needs are and I think one of those things is always like not asking too much of yourself like you're not going to be the expert here if you're a great baker awesome for you that's fantastic um But I always remember the quote from In the Company of Women, that like really big book that has all of those stories in it. Um, Like you have to be willing to be bad at it in order to get good at it. And I think like we have a tendency to forget that. And if we think of this as something that is self-care versus something to complete and like conquer and be successful at, maybe that will like kind of help us slow down and enjoy the whole process. Yeah, and I think... It's so easy for us to be like, oh, let me just pick up something that's easier. Right. But the point of this is to actively take the time to say, okay, if I have to bring a pumpkin pie to Thanksgiving or if I have to prepare something, let me do it in a way that, like, allows me to block enough time where it's a slow, enjoyable pace for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and then I think about like once you're actually doing the baking, like once you've gotten through all that other stuff <laughs> slowly and thoughtfully, um, enjoying the moment, like share what you made, even if it sucks, like give it to someone that loves you and say like, please try this. And if it's not good, you can tell me, <laughs> but I put a lot of effort into this and I wanted to share this with you and like, be proud of that moment and not as a like, look at me go moment, but like acknowledge that you did a thing and it helped you feel good and it helped you feel like you could slow down and breathe and just spend your day doing something that you were excited about and not let the end result kind of dictate the way you're going to feel about the whole process after it's done. So if it comes out like crap, that's okay. That's just another opportunity to try again. And honestly, like, again, we'll talk about the book in a little bit, but like, there's a way to work up to a thing, but you can start with a thing that is probably going to be pretty hard to screw up. <laughs> so that's how I feel. And like that slow down and sharing it with the people that you love, having a cup of coffee, like having that all work together is like kind of the best part of this. Yeah. And that's the point of the whole thing. Yeah. Like, let's remember that this is not like you need to have the greatest cake that's ever been made. Right. Like, we want you to show up and say, I took the time to make this and I was excited about making it. And I intentionally like telling the story behind why you picked this recipe or why you put the work in. That makes people feel more connected to what it is that you're doing. Absolutely. And, and also encourages them to do it themselves. Yeah. Or like or take a step doing something that they want to do, even if it's not baking, but something that they're like, oh, my friends won't like make fun of me if I screw this up. <laughs> exactly because we all like you so what are some of the recipes that we're going to be baking yeah um i think obviously if we're thinking about during the holidays there is the you know quintessential quintessential basics Mm -hmm. but if we're thinking about fika let's goes a little different let's get inspired by some of their swedish baked goods and in that article that i was reading from the kitchen they also had some recommended uh recipes and I really loved this one for sticky chocolate cake. Ooh. It, it was made with almond flour, and I feel like just the taste of coffee and almond, if you're allergic, I'm so sorry, but it's delicious. Sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was something that I've never made before, and I always like that, where it's like, oh, this would be a new fun, because that's the way I think about it, is yeah. like, what's something I've never done before? Like a new challenge. Yeah. Um, but additionally, like, I think no matter what, the idea of making bread is the most satisfying thing because you're forcing yourself to slow down. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually have, I'm, there's Swedish somewhere all up in this. Sure. Um, And so we have a family coffee bread recipe. Yum. Shocking that you've never made that for us. I did. You just didn't eat it. Why? Because you were hungover. Oh, was that New Year's Day? New Year's Day. 2018. <laughs> I talk about that all the time, and I, I feel I missed out on a lot that day. It's okay. <laughs> um, which, Next by the time. way, I well, I'm going to bring it back. Oh, good. Okay. I wrote here, Friendsgiving. See? <laughs> all right. I will not be hungover for Friendsgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so what I love about it is that it's not too sweet and has a bunch of cardamom in it, which is like a really mm. warm, like kind of spicy spice. Yeah. 
Um, it's like what makes chai as good as it is. Yum. So yeah. delicious. So it like warms your bones. Yeah. And it just has like a different flavor than the traditional like cinnamon or nutmeg. Like it gives the holidays a little bit of a different flavor. And I think that's always something that I appreciate. Yeah. So when you're thinking about recipes or things that like pull to you, like just think about the flavors. Like I said before, like what are the flavors that you love that like make you feel happy and relaxed and like just ready to dive in just straight up bread um but i i really feel like thinking about this idea of like extending fika into even the baking process Mm -hmm. um for yourself and like really taking that time to slow down the bread baking process is intentionally such yeah like you have to wait for the bread to rise and sometimes it takes like 12 hours so you can't be like oh i'm just gonna like whip this up and hope for the best you have to plan accordingly and be like all right i'm gonna start this on friday night and then saturday will be my baking day yes you know well and that's like i i like that because i do think again like (laughs) i feel like i needed this for me (laughs) this week (laughs) But, like, that is my – that's my MO is to find, like, if I'm going to make something, it's going to be quick. Not even necessarily easy, but fast. And, like, something that is going to, like, just – it's a – it will always taste good. Like, there's never – there's going to be no room for error. And so that's kind of my default setting because I have – I have told myself for so long that I'm a terrible cook and that I'm a terrible baker that like I want to do something that like might push my boundary a little bit, but will no fail, like just be something that people enjoy. And so by doing something like bread and having to slow down and I watch a ton of cooking videos on YouTube, like the interest is totally there. And it's always amazing to me the amount of like trial and error or just like the time that it takes, but they're still producing something and they're still doing something of value in it's okay that it doesn't happen in an hour it's okay that it happens over the course of a weekend it's okay that it didn't work out the first time and that you have to go back and try again and I think like like you said with bread baking it's not always like the first time is a go um and so I like the idea of of it being okay that you have to slow down and that no one's going to be like, why isn't that bread done yet? <laughs> like, right. Because it's just not, it's just not going to be done that quickly. So, and I think it's also an intentional moment for you to recognize, like you are learning. Yes. Yes. Like and it's okay for this not to be perfect the first time because like, when you think about the experts and the pros that are out there, the only way that they got there was by doing it. Like you said before, like you have to go through that process of doing it a bunch of times before you become an expert. And so if you just automatically start off like, I'm a terrible cook, I'm terrible at baking, give yourself a like, little bit. Where are you going to go from there? Give yourself a little bit of love because yeah. you're not, you're just, you're not fully in the moment of acknowledging that you are a novice right. and that's an opportunity for you to just slow down yes like that's the beauty of it is like the reason you're not going to be good day one right and it's, like versus like the to the detriment of what you're about to do like why set yourself up for failure like that right just doesn't make any sense right and so once you give are a little forgiving of yourself then it opens up the opportunities for you to be like okay if i'm going to start this and go slow and do something that i really like you pull out that recipe that you're inspired by I think cookbooks are perfect for that or, like, your favorite Instagram feed. Yeah. I have so many things that I've pinned, like, saved in my collection from Instagram of Smitten Kitchen recipes Mm -hmm. that I want to make. 
And it's just taking that moment of like, this is going to be new and different. So buffering that time for yourself to say, this is going to be great and I'm going to make it great because I'm going to take the time to do it and learn. Exactly. All good things. How are you going to do that? What is your recipe book that you have, Sid? I'm so excited about this. So Pinterest is usually like my go-to for recipes. But when I, after I found like that piece that we shared in episode 21 and I was searching for Fika recipes and like to save and go forward with, I, I really couldn't find that much on Pinterest, which was kind of surprising. But then I looked on Amazon and there were actually a fair amount of like cookbooks that were around Fika, but the one that I picked was one that was like a recipe book, but also like a Fika how-to. And I thought that that was really, really helpful because it gave some context for why you make what you make and when you make what you make and, and like the intentionality behind the breaks in your day and how you gather people like around the food that you make. And so it's called Scandi Kitchen, Fika and Huga, um, Comforting Cakes and Bakes from Scandinavia with Love. Very long title. We will share it on the website. Um, but I've already paged the book, and it's like a really good mix of the beginning, the beginner baker to the expert baker. And so, like, you can kind of work through it as you learn and become, like, you build the basics, and then you build up from the basics. And mm-hmm. I think that that is what I really appreciated about it when I was looking through it in the beginning is that like, oh, it's not going to just like throw me into the deep end or or anything like that. And it's not just like, here's the cookie book and like graduate to the cake book. Once you're done with this, it's like all right there. So you really can, um, you really have like all the tools right in front of you. Um, so the beginner is like the biscuits and the cookie thing. And like everyday fika was one of the chapters in it. And then they have these no bakes. So like tray bakes and no bakes. So they have like these things that you just need the stuff for and you put the stuff together and like something is always going to happen on the other side of it. Um, And then on the harder end of things, they have like these fancy cakes and celebration cakes, which like on top of the baking aspect or it's like the decoration and like construction of these cakes. So I was like, that's a lot for me to take in. Um, but good to have it and like see what you might be able to do at some point. Um, and what I liked about that is like with the celebration cakes, it gives you again that context for like why they're celebration cakes and what people make them for and what you're celebrating when you make them. And I think like that's a fun way to say like, oh, let me like really dig into this culture on top of just like the baking process. Like Fika can be more than just like your coffee break it can be like the celebration of a thing and this can be something that you bring to that celebration and so I really liked all of that kind of being part of the conversation for this book Um, and there was also like the basic recipes so they have like the bases for the cakes for pastries for things like that so they give you like how to make the almond paste that you'll use for like six of the different recipes and I love that you're gonna make your own almond paste versus buy it that is actually I'm very excited to do that but like on top of almond paste you make like your own um like pastry dough you make your own like base cake base breads and so you can use those recipes and other all the other recipes like throughout the book. And so you're building up this like baseline of things. And that I feel like is a beginner thing because then you're like, okay, like I have the basics down. Now how do I, again, build up from the basics? Um, and so I thought that that was just, I thought it was just a good place to start because it includes everything and you get to decide 
how you want to do this, what you're going to use it for, but then also being able to like share Fika with your friends and family by knowing what what it's all about and why it's important and and why we really need this in our culture, especially right now where it feels like everything's at a 10 all the time. And so we'll share a link to that book as well. There's a few of them out there, like those cookbooks that have all of that stuff in them. But again, I liked this one the best out of the, the ones that I found for all of those reasons. Yeah, I think breaking down either a cookbook or a baking book into those accessible like here's the foundation of everything that you need to know Mm -hmm. that changes everything because then you think about cooking and baking from a totally different perspective absolutely because you're like oh bread is always just these three things right right (laughs) and like those basic recipes combined with like the the pantry that of things that they say you'll need like those things make make me feel like it's a thing I can do versus another like other cookbooks that I have that are just kind of like every recipe is so different and you have to go get a whole slew of things for each individual recipe whereas this is like a whole like come together moment of like these are the things you're going to need for almost every single one of these recipes and so just have them on hand ready to go I'm like that's a thing I can do like that makes shopping less scary for me (laughs) that makes like things more accessible to me and so like again if you're not a baker like myself or even if you are this book I feel like is is helpful to everybody that's where I feel about was there any recipes that you bookmarked in there that you were like this is the first one I'm going to give some some how to's for yeah there was actually there was a couple cookie recipes that I felt like I could do like I felt like I felt good about them but I really would like to try to make those basics like those were the ones that really caught my attention because um especially with the almond paste like just to know how to do that and be able to add it because once you get through that one like the things in the book that almond paste goes with, like you kind of just put everything else together. The hardest part is going to be the almond paste. So I, I'd like to just try and get those basics down. And there's also like a couple like heart-shaped waffle type things. Ooh. And they're like, you need a heart-shaped waffle iron. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to buy that. <laughs> but if I can like have the the base for like the batter, then I can still make those things. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, at your own discretion, change a few things up. But yeah, I think the cookies and the basics were the ones that I'm like, I think I can do this. All right. Well, I look forward to trying a taste or two. We're going to do it and I'm going to share it and other people are going to make them too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, share a similar recipe of our Swedish coffee bread because yes, I please can't have do that. The family, family recipe. Oh, it's secret. I get it. That's fine. But yeah, so I think this will be a good way, like we said, to go into the holidays feeling like we have a handle on our lives a little bit and we have something to kind of lean back on that not only will help us get through the holidays and enjoy them maybe to a certain extent, but also have something to share with the people that we're going to be with, whether that be friends or family or both, um, that we're proud of and that we took the time and energy and intentionality to create for them. Yeah, and I think sharing the story with the people that you create it for, too, is important. Yeah. And make that part of the plan and and be like, I'm giving this to you with love mm-hmm. to try and diffuse the potential Thanksgiving table conflicts. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And we're going to start to implement Fika ASAP ready for it doing it 
Sign up for a coffee meeting too. I'm ready. Yes. That's going to be great. <laughs> Fika with us. <laughs> We're going to do it for real. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.